Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development, where we share original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We hope you join us often for practitioner-oriented content around all things related to leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Please subscribe, leave a review, comment, share, and consider supporting the podcast on Patreon, even at the producer and sponsorship levels. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Ken Linder about his book, Aspire Higher, how to find the love, positivity, and purpose to elevate your life and the world. Ken Linder, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Hi, John. Good morning. How are you? I am wonderful. It's a pleasure to be with you. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. I am south of Salt Lake City in Utah. Where are you joining us from today? I'm in Los Angeles. LA. I love it. My wife is from Southern California. We love getting uh-huh. back there whenever we can. She grew up in a beach town called San Clemente. Um, oh, yes. Know it well. And it's a beautiful place to visit. So whenever we get the chance. Well, I'm well, in New York. I'm a New Yorker, John, and I must tell you, I'm used to cold weather. I went to college and law school and cold climates. So when I wake up and it's almost never below 50 in the morning, usually in the (laughs) 70s during the day, I'm all in. It's great. Yeah, yeah, it is fantastic. Well, Ken, it is a pleasure to be with you. As I mentioned uh, at the outset, we're going to be talking about your book, Aspire Higher, How to Find the Love, Positivity, and Purpose to Elevate Your Life and the World. I just love the title alone, and we're going to unpack that and talk about um, key insights from the book and how they apply in our leadership and in the workplace and in our lives. As we get started, I wanted to share Ken's bio with everybody. Ken Linder is the proud founder of Positive Life Choice Psychology and the Positive Life Choice Psychology Lifestyle. Ken graduated from Harvard University and from Cornell Law School. Ever since he wrote his college honors thesis discussing the dynamics of decision-making, Ken has been an ardent student of how our life choices and decisions impact our feelings of self-esteem, self-worth, and self-love, as well as our self-image. Ken is the founder and CEO of one of the world's most well-respected and successful television news and hosting agencies, Ken Linder and Associates. And I could go on and on and on, Ken, but I'll pause there and give you a chance to share with listeners anything else about your background, your personal or professional story, and then we'll launch on into the conversation. Well, John, I believe that our life choices are so important. You know, our lives are a reflection of the good and poor choices that we've made. So my whole philosophy is about making the very most of your choices, having your choices 
um, help you attain your highest goals, reflect the person you most want to be. Because if you're proud of who you are, you're proud of the way you conduct your life, your feelings of self-esteem elevate, your feelings of self-worth elevate, and as we'll discuss later, your feelings of self-love elevate. And if you love yourself, and if you love your life, you're far more likely to make positive life choices for yourself because you feel worthy and deserving of them. So we'll talk about that, but that's pretty much uh, the foundation of positive life choice psychology. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And and I think you frame that up in an interesting way, not necessarily how I thought you were going to on the outset, um, but you're absolutely right. We we can be our harshest critics uh, and we can often fall into the into negative thought patterns and, and traps of self-loathing, self, self-doubt, imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. guilt, shame, you know, all those sorts of things that can really hinder our ability to move forward in a positive way. And, and there are nat- national, uh, national, there are natural consequences to our actions, our behaviors, our words, and our mm-hmm. deeds. And we have to deal with those consequences, but we don't need to wallow in self-shame and self-doubt. We, we can uh, learn to make good choices that will embolden us and help us to feel good about uh, where we're going. And that doesn't mean we have to be perfect. Uh, nobody's perfect. We're n- not remotely close to perfect. Um, we will stumble. We will fall. It's more about how we get back up and move forward. And so if we can learn how to focus on positive, how to reframe uh, our approach to ourselves in the world, I think that just opens up, it, it creates an expansive uh, view of the world and, and opens us up to a lot of opportunity, a lot of potential. Well, John, you raise so many important issues. You know, when you talk about the self-loathing and the wallowing, a lot of that is what they call um, the result of the negativity bias, whereby we have a proclivity for looking at the negative far more than the positive and obsessing on the negative far more than the positive. What positive life choice psychology is about and aspire higher, which is the handbook for making positive life choices in your life, is that if you have a heart, what I call a heart of hearts, which is your heart, your psyche, and your soul sort of melded into one. If you have a heart of hearts that's filled with high self-esteem, feelings of high self-worth and self-love, you're far less likely to um, be enveloped by the negativity bias and spiral down when negative things happen because you want to start to make constructive choices whenever life gives you a detour or there's a setback because again, you feel like you can do it because you've made these choices before and you feel worthy of the discipline it'll take to maybe get yourself out of where you are, play the long game rather than go for the immediate gratification. So positive life choice psychology and aspire higher are all about giving you the inner strength, confidence and foundation not to get shaken when things go awry, but to figure out the constructive solution that will help you attain what you really want in life and what will make you feel good about yourself. Knowing what we really want in life in and of itself can be a challenging thing, 
um, because we go through different life stages. We're always battling the negative self-talk, but we also have that coming at us from other directions. We have, you know, the media, we have sometimes even well-meaning friends and family or, or colleagues who are imposing kind of and projecting their, their attitudes, their thoughts, and, and the broader societal norms and values onto us. And, and so we have to be able to, to deal with the negativity that we may experience within our own heads, but we also have to be able to learn how to deal with it you know, from external sources, even when it may be well-intentioned um, so that we can lean into what really our true values are and what is most important to us. And then we can go after it. Um, but so, so often we feel trapped. So often we, we don't believe there's a better opportunity. Um, we feel like that's just the way it is. And that's, that's a lie. That's, that's, that's not reality. Um, it's a false reality that is projected and that we, we often um, buy into, but we can disrupt it. Well, John, again, you bring up some great points. Uh, in Aspire Higher, there is a chapter, How to Jumpstart Your Life from Wherever You Are. And two of the steps, the first steps are one, take some time to think about what you really want in your life and the person you really want to be. You know, we're all so busy and we don't take the time to really think about what will make our hearts truly sing. And what's important in that exploration process is not only do you want to make sure that this is a pure exploration, you want to make sure that parents, teachers, employers, spouses, partners, don't put expectations on you that make you make choices that don't reflect what you really want, make you live a life that's not truly consistent with who you want to be and what you want to do. So it's really important to just take quiet time, clear away from the noise and the clutter, and think about what you really want. Because at the end of the day, how can you be a great life choice maker for yourself if you don't know what you really want? And you have to have goals to know what choices you want to make, to know what the alternatives are and what's the best alternative. The second thing is, I believe you start with small life choices first. You know, am I going to go for a walk today and be healthy? Am I going to forego a certain food? Am I going to forego the cigarette? the drink, whatever it is, start making life choices and get your victories. Because if you start making life choices and you have confidence that you can in fact make them and stick with them, that gives you the core confidence and feelings of mastery that you can affect positive change in your life. It's empowering. You can take control of your life. You can take control of your choices. You can take control of the things you can control. And at some point, I believe, that confidence morphs into feelings of high self-esteem because you're doing good things for yourself and you're, you know you can do it, high self-worth. And at some point, you start to feel like, God, I love the track that my life is on. I feel really great about it. And I feel like I deserve the results of those great life choices. There is a continuum that I talk about in Aspire Higher, and eventually that leads to self-love. And 
what the world needs now, I believe, is more self-love. Because if you love yourself, you're going to make positive life choices for yourself, I believe, throughout your life. Also, if your heart is filled with love and good feeling, you're more likely to bestow that love, feelings of kindness, support, collaboration, and respect unto others. Also, if everybody is bestowing love and kindness unto others, we'll have a far better country. So I call this the Aspire Higher Triple Bonus. If you can start making positive life choices, you evolve, you grow, you become fulfilled, your heart is filled with love, you're far more likely to bestow that love on others and will have a far more civil and respect-filled and kind country. Check out my new book, The Future Leader, Creating and Transforming Next-Gen Organizations. Stemming from two decades of professional experience and over 600 in-depth interviews with executives, thought leaders, and scholars from across the globe, The Future Leader will help you explore the ordinary, everyday actions that will help you to prepare to lead in the future of work, to respond to an uncertain future, and to produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Academy. Courses, micro-credentials, and certificates to upskill and reskill for the future of work. All HCI Academy courses, micro-credentials, and certificates are designed, developed, and delivered by award-winning and internationally renowned scholars, educators, thought leaders, executives, and practitioners. Our courses, micro-credentials, and certificates will help you make your mark on the future of work and make an immediate impact in your organizations. Check out the HCI Academy and our many course offerings and certificates to upskill and reskill for the future of work. Check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital, exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We look forward to having you join us. Yeah, the ripple effects of that um, are are wide and broad, and and we can have really strong impact and influence as we start with ourselves first. Um, and you talked about finding, you know, what lights your light up, uh, what lights your life up. Uh, I think that's a tremendous way to think about it. Uh, and I think a lot of people don't know, they grapple with that. They, they, they're searching for it. Uh, you have many people searching um, constantly to find that meaning, that purpose. And it, it can be challenging, but it's, it doesn't need to be elusive. Like we can find it if we just practice the regular self-reflection, self-care, mindfulness practices, and, and other things like that, and just get in tune with where we find uh, motivation, where we like, what gets us excited. And just because it may be different than what someone else says is, is valued or important doesn't mean we need to, to uh, set it aside. 
Um, there, there's so much value in a, in a broad array of different types of activities and, you know, take, take for examples, like the arts, are you going to be able to make a living writing poetry or music or painting or whatever? I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe not, but does that mean that you need to forego that passion if that's a passion of yours? Of course not. Um, you may be able to find a way to leverage that into making a living, um, or it may just be a hobby. But either way, if you were if you have that talent and you have that interest and that passion and you set it aside simply because you think there's a quote unquote better way for you, a more productive way for you to spend your time, better economic activity for you to be involved in, man, what what a tremendous, um, you're, you're selling yourself short and you're, uh, you're, you're setting yourself up for sadness, you know, why, why not lean into the passion? Um, and, and we all wear multiple hats in our lives. And so we don't need to, uh, we don't need to have every single piece of our life be amazing all the time. But, you know, sometimes I have work that Maybe it's a bit of a drudgery, um, but I know that I can get through the day and then go home and spend time with my family and practice my music or my art or get out and run or, you know, hike in the mountains or whatever. Like when we, when we can bring our whole self to all these different aspects of our life, it can help us weather the storms of life. It can help us deal with the setbacks, the challenges, you know, the frustrations, the uh, whatever may come our way. Well, you know, there are a few things, again, John, that you mentioned that I'd love to pick up on. You know, one, I think a lot of us, if we really dig down deep, know what we would love to do. I think a lot of us are afraid. I think, you know, taking risks and taking big steps can be daunting, can be overwhelming. That's why I think you have to break everything that you do into small steps small accomplishable steps so you don't get overwhelmed. It's really important. Uh, you know, my wife uses a term to our kids when they go, oh my God, I've got so much studying to do. I just will never get it done. And she'll say, cinch by the inch. Just take little steps, get little steps done, and eventually the whole will get done. So I think it's really important to really tap into what you want and constructively figure out the small steps to get there. And then be creative. I mean, I don't support myself as an author, but I've, I work as much, as, it's pretty much what you said, John. You know, my main job is my, uh, my business. However, I've been able to write six books over the past 25 years. And now I'm able to spend more time writing, less time working. And at some point, um, the bulk of my time will be devoted to positive life choice psychology and helping people be all that they can be. My role in my business is as what I call a career choreographer. And that is helping people find the steps to help them fulfill their full potential. That is my calling in life, and it will take way too long to explain where it came from, but I was a, a late-blooming kid, and luckily I had a mom, a sociology teacher, and a, and a tennis coach who believed in me, who saw what can be in me, and encouraged me. They were the wind beneath my wings, so to speak. Well, my, and I evolved, I grew, 
and I fulfilled a lot of my goals and potentials. So my mission in life is to help others by seeing what can be, seeing where they are today, and figuring out the wisest, most logical, uh, and sometimes most creative steps to help them get to where they want to go. And I think it's important for you to be your own choreographer in life. Figure out the steps to help you get to where you want to go. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And you've mentioned several times now about starting small, having measurable, meaningful goals that will allow you to to build confidence that are doable. Uh, and And I was thinking back to a much earlier time in my life, uh, I spent a couple years on a service mission for, for my church, and uh, I had to learn a language. I spent uh, two years in South Korea, and Korean language is a very difficult language. So I spent three months in a language training uh, center uh, learning Korean, and I was so motivated. I had a lot of passion. I, I knew I was doing something I felt was important, um, and you know, I was a good student. Uh, so I was dedicated. I was willing to put in the time and the energy. And you know what? I struggled. And it was the first time in my life as a student that I'd really struggled. Uh, I really struggled. And I felt inadequate. I felt um, undeserving of the opportunity. I felt uh, like the task was above me. And then there's just no way I was going to be able to do it. And I had that experience. And of course, over time, I learned the language more. I you know, after three months in this in language training center, I went over to Korea being immersed over time. You know, I, I, I learned the language and the culture and, and all of it ended up working itself out. Well, later I came back to university um, and I had the opportunity to be that, a language teacher in that uh, language training center. So I taught Korean for three years to um, other service missionaries who were going over to Korea and I saw the same challenges. I saw the same um, struggles that I experienced as a student that now these students were experiencing. And I learned very early on, you know, I hadn't fully recognized it myself when I was going through the experience, but as a teacher later on, I learned, you know, how important it was for me as a teacher to create those opportunities for each of the students to have easy wins every day <laughs> because the the wins were the language is so hard it was so easy to get discouraged so easy to get down on yourself that you had to find that you were making steady progress and the, the progress was slow but if you could just it was like the tortoise and the heron if you could just make steady progress and have little wins along the way build your confidence all of a sudden you'd be willing to try new things you know trying to speak a language you totally just fumble around in that it's, it's hard and you want to, you want to revert back to English if, if that's your native language. Um, but just building that confidence was so essential. And that was a life lesson for me that I've carried on with me throughout the rest of my life. And so if I find myself getting discouraged, as we all do, we all get discouraged, we all um, have setbacks, we all have frustrations and, and disappointments. When I find that happening, you know, I, I realize I need to just take a step back. I need to break it down. Um, and not make it this, this one huge thing, but I can break it down into manageable steps. I can start to experience easy wins, rebuild my confidence, and then I can tackle almost anything. Um, and I believe that about everybody. I think everyone can tackle just about anything if they're persistent, if, if they're willing to, to put in the time and the energy and play the long game. Uh, but, but we live in a society that that values immediate gratification. And so very often people aren't willing to put in that time. And, and, you know, it's like playing the piano, 
you have to practice for years to get to the point where you're exceptional. Um, but you can do it if you, if you put in the time and the energy and the practice. And what a shame if people who are great pianists would give up after a few months or a year simply because they didn't you know, really see enough progress. So let's open up our minds to develop ongoing lifelong development, um, take away these artificial limitations of like immediate gratification that, that are imposed on us from immediate gratification culture. And, and then there's so much more that we can find in the long run in terms of life elevation and purpose and meaning and all those things. Well, John, I totally agree with everything you're saying. And, you know, your story also has a great life lesson and, and you alluded to it. And that is, had you given up because it was too daunting, you never would have gone to Korea or you never would have learned Korean. You never would have gone to Korea and obviously helped so many people and then come back to teach the language that you found so challenging to begin with. And because of your experience, you were able to understand how important it was to give people masterable steps that they can accomplish so that they could secure their victories, secure their confidence, and motivate them to continue. So all of those things happened because you didn't give up. Beautiful story. Well, thank you. And I mean, are there other times I have given up? Sure. I mean, <laughs> we we all have our ups and our downs, um, but that is one of those things that that I've I've derived a lot of meaning and value from from that very early life experience, Jonathan, young adulthood. May I add something else? You know, you also mentioned in essence, finding your motivators. What motivates you to be disciplined? What motivates you to play the long game as opposed to um, uh, going for the immediate gratification? And in Aspire Higher, I talk about something that I call pets, your personal emotional triggers. And those are the things that motivate us the most. When I was an an obese child due to my feelings of insecurity and unlovability because my dad was never around. My mom was always there. So I intuited as a three and four or five year old that my dad must not love me. Turned out he was working six days a week because he had no education and wanted to give me the education he never had. And I learned that later. But um, I suffered from a lot of insecurity as a kid and I assuaged those dark feelings by eating all the time. It's it's um, that experience really, really made a difference for me in how to make um, and how to find my motivators. And my biggest motivation for losing weight was my dad was an athlete and we would play paddle tennis uh, on Sundays. And I wanted his approval more than anything in the world. And I realized that if I was going to be a good paddle tennis player, I needed to be thinner and more agile because I saw the young, I saw kids my age who were thinner, who could get to the ball on one bounce, which was required. And then I wanted to fit into the jeans other kids could wear in school because I was always shopping in the Husky section. I couldn't fit into those, what they would probably now call skinny jeans. And I wanted to wear tight jeans and you know, not look like uh, a humongous pair. And um, so 
I found motivators and I'm thin now. I've been thin, I've been thin since I was 10 or 11. And I found other motivators because as we grow, we have other values. Our values change. So I wanted to be a good tennis player. I wanted to be attractive to girls. I wanted to win tennis tournaments. And now at this age, I am very health conscious because I want to be around for my wife. I want to see my kids graduate college. I want to see them graduate grad school if they go to grad school. I want to be there for their weddings. I want to be around for so many things. So my main motivator now is to be around to celebrate and be with my family. So if you can find the supreme motivators in your life that will help you play the long game and make smart, health conscious, wise, constructive decisions, boy, it is a game changer for you. Yeah, thank you so much, Ken. This has just been such a great conversation. And I know we've only scratched the surface. Uh, so much more, I'm sure, uh, that comes out in your book. So everyone, you need to get Ken's book. Uh, before we wrap up for today, I just wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners uh, where they can connect with you, where they can find your book, and then any final word on the topic for today. Great. Um, well, you can find my book on my website, positivelifechoicepsychology.com or barnesandnoble.com, amazon.com, booksamillion.com. Any place where fine books are sold, um, you can certainly communicate with me via Instagram at uh, Ken Lindner, PLCP, PLCP, Positive Life Choice Psychology. And I hope that after listening to John and to me about the incredible value of our choices and how important and impactful they are you start making some really great choices uh, starting today. Thank you, Ken. It has just been a pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Ken can do for you. Check out the book. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership, The Journey of Becoming a Truly Remarkable Leader. Early in my adult life, I learned about an Asian proverb that translates as bluer than indigo. If you think about the color indigo, it is a brilliant, deep, and vibrant blue, what some would call the bluest of blues. To have something that is bluer than indigo is rare and truly remarkable. Contrary to popular myth, there is no one-size-fits-all or cookie-cutter approach to effective leadership. There is no silver bullet, no secret sauce, no go-to model that will solve all of your problems. The truth is, great leaders have all had their unique strengths and flaws, and have all had to discover and then pave their own distinctive path in their life's journey to fulfill their leadership potential. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership will help you discover your own path and explore those ordinary, everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. Check out Human Capital Innovations magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free, interactive e-magazine with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We publish issues quarterly in August, November, February, 
and May. Take a look at the latest issue and let us know what you think. alchemy of truly remarkable leadership, ordinary everyday actions that produce extraordinary results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years with increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition. The average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Please subscribe, leave a review, comment, share, and consider supporting the podcast on Patreon even at the producer and sponsorship levels. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.